Next on BYU Sports Nation, we've got the solution to your bi-week blues. All access with BYU head football coach Bronco Mendenhall—he makes his show debut. BYU TV play-by-play and True Blue host Dave McCann is live in studio to talk all things Cougar sports. Plus, injuries take out a couple of notable BYU footballers. This season's most influential Y factor on the field and Jimmer Fredette, the free agent. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Congratulations to one and all. You have made it to another Friday. This is how we do it. Yeah, this is how we do it. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan, one of Montel Jordan's biggest fans. Love me some Montel Jordan. Despite uh, dis- zero relation. Uncle. You have yeah. no relation to oh. him. I don't? <laughs> hey, Jerem does a really good Montel Jordan impersonation. This is how we do it. See? Yeah. See? Yeah. I have evidence right there. How many times have you done that on BYU Sports Nation? Like four. Is that number four? Sure. That was the best one yet. Oh, thanks. Hey, wherever and however you may be listening, thanks for making us at BYU Sports Nation part of your day. We're amped for Bronco Mendenhall. That's coming up in about 35 minutes. BYU TV's Dave McCann in the house. And we preview tonight's West Coast Conference showdown for 20th-ranked BYU women's soccer. Get this. Sophomore Paige Hunt going on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints after this season. She's going to break up her soccer career. Great story behind that decision. Paige joins us during the Cougar Whip Around at around 50 after the hour. An intriguing show. We haven't had Dave McCann on yet. We're excited about Dave. And then uh, Bronco Mendenhall on the show. Uh, Talked to him during the bye week. And then there's some questions that we'd like uh, you know, answered at this point. Now that J.D. Falslev is out with the broken hand, which we'll address in a moment, Who's going to return punts? Who do you put in in Austin Jorgensen's spot? Do you put Spencer Hadley as a starter again? We'll ask him those questions, so that's coming up in a bit. Friendly reminder, you can listen to BYU Sports Nation every weekday, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network Channel 980. The show now on demand every day. At the newly launched BYURadio.org, or you can catch the rebroadcast each day, 7 p.m. Eastern, on BYU Radio. That's how you listen. This is how you join our growing conversation. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation and vote in our daily poll question on BYUTVSports.com. Time to give some love to the under-the-radar BYU football players. That's right. Everyone's familiar with the phrase X-Factor. We call it Y-Factor because it's BYU. So we've taken Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Kyle Van Noy, and Cody Hoffman out of the mix. They're going to be A-factors every game. So who's been the biggest Y-factor this season? Here are our options on BYUTVSports.com. If you think otherwise, weigh in at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter. Mitch Matthews, Wani Unga, Daniel Sorensen, Alani Fua, or Ethan Manumaliuna. And there might be somebody on there that you think deserves to be there, like a guy like Rob Daniel. Yes. We've seen uh, some tweets uh, about Rob. Exactly. Someone said uh, we'd probably have, oh, this was about Daniel Sorensen, but at Roger uh, V. Lug, he says we'd probably have one additional loss if it weren't for Daniel Sorensen. Daniel Sorensen, that's what... Tell you what, it was really scary to watch him go down with that concussion against Boise State. Great to see him get back up. BYU needs him to play and to play well against Wisconsin if they have any hope of continuing this win streak. He is, he is a crucial player. And to me, the biggest why factor this season, Wani Unga. He stepped into the Brandon Ogletree spot as a middle linebacker and has done a really nice job, has led the Cougars in tackles. He has an opportunity for more tackles, but he's played well. He's uh, you know forced to fumble, some quarterback hurries. He's, he's done a good job. He's been the biggest why factor to me. And there have been many that have done a good job. Yeah, Wani, 81 tackles, right? 81 tackles on the season, I think, something like that. Mitch Matthews now has four touchdown catches. We talked about Danny Sorensen, Alani Fua with a couple of game-changing plays. He sealed two wins in a row with picks. Sealed Houston, sealed uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech. Ethan Manu Malayuna is the hoss up front who's just getting it done. He, uh, What did Trevor Maddich call him? The Well, well he said uh, you can't really register statistically what he does, but he said something about eating up blocks. Yeah, there the block be- eater. So it, there was a, I can't remember the word he used, but it was, it was funny. <laughs> All five of those Y factors up for debate. Who has been the biggest Y factor up to this point this year? Send us your tweets at BYU Sports Nation and vote on BYUTVSports.com. Now, we, we had a Y factor against Utah in J.D. Falslove, 
And it turns out that J.D. will miss at least the next three to four weeks due to an injury. A huge blow to BYU's special teams and receiver core. J.D. Falslov is out, as is Austin Jorgensen. So, Broken help- hand for J.D. suffered uh, at the Provo Beach Resort yesterday on their day off. So an unfortunate accident. And with that said, we rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's trending in BYU Sports Nation? Topic one. Injuries. Ouch! You know, we have guys that can step up and um, we believe in them and guys did. We just went where we left off. I think there was a little um, miscommunication a little bit at first, but once guys got uh, comfortable and settled down, I think it was the same way as it is. Kyle Van Noy on his team's play after Daniel Sorensen. The starting safety went down, and having guys who can get the job done when they need to step up and get it done. We talked about J.D. Foslev, Austin Jorgensen, both of those players. Well, Austin's done for his career. He, he's had a nagging injury, and he's going to have surgery that will end his football career at BYU. Great season through eight games for Austin. Did a nice job stepping in to replace uh, Spencer Hadley and fill some holes there at linebacker. J.D., broken hand, out three to four weeks, so... Maybe he gets in for the final regular season game against Nevada. Really? With a broken hand? Maybe. Fielding punts? I don't think so. But probably the bowl game. Yeah. And uh, Austin Jorgensen, a lingering injury with his knee that he had been battling through and had season-ending injury, career-ending injury uh, since he's a senior. And so those are, those are losses. And you look at um, the season as a whole, BYU has been relatively healthy. Concussions has really been a bigger issue than injuries. Obviously, the suspension of Spencer Hadley had an impact, but BYU, I think, played well through that. Cody Hoffman missed a game for a suspension. Uh, But other than that, it's kind of been concussions. There have been six guys with concussions. So injuries, the preseason was when, you know, fall camp, you had the secondary just go down. Um, Adam Hogan and and, uh, Jordan Johnson. And then spring ball, Trenton Trammell. You had your two starting corners go down before you even played a game. So BYU's been relatively healthy, but who comes in for false love? Uh, as a punt returner, I I think it's Skyler Ridley. You got to you got to go with the hands guy, and and he is the top of the list option right there because he doesn't drop passes. Maybe Eric Thornton, who's kind of been Falslev's backup. Um, how much does he play? Does BYU move someone over uh, there? We'll see. Austin Jorgensen. I'd be surprised if Spencer Hadley is not the starter at his old position. That's the reason that Jorgensen was in there in the first place. He and Tyler Beck getting a shot because of that suspension. So we'll we'll see who who. BYU puts in there, and Bronco Mendenhall will join us uh, later in the show. We'll ask him who he plans on uh, replacing these guys with. Some people have prognosticated that it might be Adam Hine. I don't know if Adam Hine is your quote-unquote typical punt return type. Um, it, 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 He's great kick return because he gets a That's a different element, totally different element. Yeah, and he, he gains a lot of traction, a lot of speed. He just goes, finds a gap, and tries to uh, to get through it. Punt returning, you have to make people miss. And that's what J.D. Falso was really good at, really underappreciated. Did he have some struggles this year? Yeah. He hasn't had his best uh, year returning punts, even though he has a, a, a touchdown on a punt return this year. It's been shaky for J.D., but he is really good at making that first guy miss. And he's shorthanded. Uh, I think something happened against Middle Tennessee that's caused him to be a little more hesitant in catching punts and going after it, which, you know, you want to play it conservative rather than fumble it, but sometimes it costs you yards. So there's a delicate balance there. And probably one of the toughest things uh, to do on BYU's team is, okay, you're the, you're the lone ranger out there, Johnny Depp. Go and field this punt, <laughs> right? Kyle Van Noy says it's time for guys to step up. Who are... Those two players that will step up and replace J.D. Falsa for the next three to four weeks. And who's going to step in for Austin Jorgensen permanently? The linebacking core, very deep. But again, we'll ask Bronco Mendenhall where the roster and the depth chart goes from here. Topic two. Focus on the foes. Back to Bronco Mendenhall, who will join us later on this season and playing good opponents consistently. It's always fun to have good opponents on a long-term scale from intrigue for the fans and intrigue for the program and visibility for that. The reality of actually playing a good opponent long term uh, and realizing the implications of that, that's where it becomes more business-like. I spoke with Bronco Mendenhall 
prior to the Boise State game. That was during that sit-down interview uh, one-on-one. We do it uh, once a week. And I asked him specifically about playing Boise State for 12 years. And then he kind of opened up about the idea of playing quality opponents on the long term and how it's great for the fan base, it's great for intrigue and for college football, but certainly it creates a lot of stress for a coach. And BYU's schedule this year, unparalleled really in terms of big-name opponents. They've never had this many big-name opponents, this consistent, uh, and are 6-2 and two through 8 games. So the business-like approach seems to be working mid-season for BYU. And let's run through uh, each of the teams on BYU's schedule, what their record is, who they played uh, last week or this week, if they've already played, and who they played this week. Give some context to the season. So I'll start with uh, Virginia. Can we just skip Virginia? Can I we wish. skip that first I one? I wish, man. They're 2-6. and six. They lost to 10 to Georgia Tech. They're hosting 8th-ranked Clemson next week. Or this week, sorry. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Virginia will be 2-7 and seven after hosting 8th-ranked okay. Clemson. Texas. Now, here, here's what's crazy is BYU loses to Virginia, but then beats Texas, who is on a roll. They're 4-0 and in Big 12 play, 30-7 to drubbing of TCU. They will host Kansas, and so Texas can most likely become, will, will most likely become bull eligible after taking on the Jayhawks. They are the biggest, they're the team that BYU needs to root for the most. If, if that Texas win can be the best win, if they can win the Big 12 and go to a BCS game, BYU needs Texas to win. Utah, 4-4, four and four, lost by 16 at USC last week. They have a bye. Who knows if they get bowl eligible? Man, Travis Wilson is injured, and it's, it's apparent. People are saying, well, Utah's terrible. No, look, their quarterback is hurt, and it's making a difference. A team still beat Stanford. That team still beat BYU. They lost to Oregon State, a really good offensive team in overtime. Utah has some athletes. They've got an injured quarterback, and that's causing some big-time problems for that program. Middle Tennessee State, 4-4, four and 51-49 four, win over Marshall. If the Blue Raiders can get bowl eligible, that certainly won't hurt BYU. It's, it's not a great win, but any team that you beat that's bowl eligible makes your schedule look at least a little bit better. You need Middle Tennessee to be like 10-2 and two to be meaningful. Uh, at Utah State, they're four and four. They have a bye. They host Hawaii next week, or they had a bye last week. Sorry, they host Hawaii this week. So Utah State trying to get bowl eligible again. Uh, they too, obviously losing Chucky Keaton, such a dynamic player at quarterback. The Aggies uh, trying to to compete in the Mountain West Conference without their go-to player. Georgia Tech, thirty-five twenty-five win over Virginia. The Yellow Jackets, five and three. They host. Pittsburgh this weekend. At Houston, maybe the most surprising team on BYU's schedule. They're 7-1. and one. They beat South Florida by 10, or 12, uh, last night. Now, they play Central Florida next week. Central Florida is a ranked team. If, if they can beat Central Florida, Houston will be ranked, in my opinion, after that. So, Go Cougars. Yeah. Let's get let's get a rise and shout for the Houston Cougars. <laughs> Keep it going. Houston 7 and 1. They're already bowl eligible. John Children of O'Corn, their freshman yes. quarterback continues to play well. He's got great receivers. Dante Greenberry uh will probably play in the league in the NFL. If Houston can sneak by Central Florida, who's 19th in the AP poll. And they are a ranked team. Boy, how good does that win look for BYU? What if Houston beats Central Florida and Louisville and goes to a BCS game? That might they might be the best team on paper that BYU beat. The AAC if Texas doesn't. Can we re, can we rewind like two weeks when Jerem was like they're five and zero, oh, but we got them by <laughs> seventeen plus. We should have, man. We here. There you go. We BYU. <laughs> Boise State, 5-3, and three, of course, coming off the 17-point loss at BYU. They are at Colorado State. Look for the Broncos to get back on track against the Rams. Now the toughest game on BYU's schedule, the next game, Wisconsin. They had a bye last week. They're ranked 24th in the BCS standings at Iowa, 10 a.m. Uh, Mountain Time, 12 Eastern on ABC and ESPN2 this week. If you want to scout the Badgers, you can do it against Iowa. They're going to win that game. They're going to be 6-2. and two. And 21st or something next week. Huge game for BYU. Man, they should have that Arizona State game for Wisconsin still. They should be ranked 14th or 13th. They should be six and one, soon to be seven and one after they beat a very mediocre Iowa team. Wisconsin just just got jobbed against Arizona State. That whole referee debacle was nuts. I love that this is on the schedule though. At the end here, what if BYU is playing San Jose State, New Mexico State, and all that? 
No, BYU has a challenge, and BYU's got momentum, and BYU's got a shot in Madison. The Badgers have a huge offensive line, a really talented defensive front seven, and an amazing wide receiver in James Aberderis that will give BYU fits if they don't find out how to corral him. Like that guy. Well, luckily, it, there's a, a bye week, so Daniel Sorensen can play in the game. Yes, Daniel Sorensen, and, and After you, ha- concussion. you have an extra week to try and get uh, your secondary ready for uh, the Wisconsin passing attack, and, and that goes through Aberderis. That guy can play football. Uh, Ohio State is the only loss that I believe they they truly lost that game, but they they gave at the Ohio Buckeyes State. fits at the horseshoe. Yeah. So Wisconsin uh, is going to be quite the opponent for BYU. Great challenge. We have Dave McCann in studio coming up in about ten minutes. He will be making the trip to Madison. We'll ask him about that as uh, BYU prepares for a showdown with the ranked Badgers. Idaho State is the final home game for BYU. The Bengals lost at Southern Utah 19-9. They next host Eastern Washington. Notre Dame's 25th in the country. BCS standings 6-2. and They beat Air Force by 35 points last week. They're hosting Navy this week. Yeah, they're going through the Naval Academy, the, the academies, rather. And finally, BYU finishes the season at Nevada. The Wolfpack lost 27-22 in in-state rivalry with UNLV. They are at ranked Fresno State next. And that takes care of Know the Foes. Topic three. Cougars in the NBA, and we focus on Jimmer Fredette. The Sacramento Kings have opted to not give Jimmer that extension in his contract to sign that clause, which means he will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, and he does not get the anticipated pay increase. But here, here's the thing. Jimmer is the fifth guard on a Sacramento Kings team, and they dra- they drafted another guard in last year's NBA draft. What did they look at the Timberwolves and say? We just need like ten guards. I'm I'm glad the Kings did not pick up the option, uh, the option. so that Jimmer can find the right fit. The Kings are not, obviously not the right fit, and the challenge has been with Jimmer. How does how does his skill set and role fit in the NBA? You can always use a shooter, always. Uh, Defensively, it's sometimes a mismatch, especially if the Kings tried to play him at the two guard. He's just a little small uh, to guard the shooting guards in the NBA. But if he can be a backup point on someone's team, why can't he be Gary Neal, what he did with the Spurs right? last year? Why can't he play with the Warriors? Why can't he play with the Suns? Uh, I think there's something out there that's going to fit for Jimmer. Two years in the NBA, here's his averages. He didn't, he didn't play in the first game, by the way, this season. So he's averaging 7.4 points per game. 40% from the field, 38% from three, 85% free throws uh, from from the stripe. 130 games played, seven started, averaging 16 minutes per game. Okay, so Jimmer Fredette, given the opportunity, I believe at, at uh, the midway point last season, per 48 minutes played, he was the most efficient player in the NBA. No kidding. Yeah, there was a time where people were saying he's more efficient than Ray Allen in those rankings. You remember that? Per 48 minutes played, he's scoring points. He's dishing out assists. And yeah, the big drawback on Jimmer is his inability to play defense against the bigger, faster, stronger two guards uh, that are so highly skilled. However, he's got to play point. If you put him a point guard, let the let the dude shoot the ball. Let find a way for him to shoot the ball, and it will happen. The guy can score the the ball. He knows how to do that. If, if you need uh, a reminder for that, just YouTube Jimmer Fredette and watch some of his highlights, not only in college, but in the NBA. He scores in dynamic ways. But Fredette, not the only NBA and former BYU player making ways. Brandon Davies, really in a good situation for his game and his exposure in Philadelphia. The 76ers are terrible. Maybe the worst team in the NBA. It's going to be a battle between the Suns and the Jazz and uh, maybe the Bobcats. We'll see. They have Al Jefferson, so they won't be the worst. But Brandon Davies made the 12-man roster. This is a better situation than the Clippers. He might actually get some PT. He did not in the first game against the Heat, uh, but they, the 76ers play at uh, the Wizards in Washington tonight. By the way, Brandon Davies making 490000 this year. That averages out to 6000 bucks a game. And in comparison and it, to Jimmer Fredette, what is that? Well, J- Jimmer is 20, what did I say? I tweeted out before the show. 27,000, 9,000, something like that, a game. Jimmer's making 16, minute, 16 minutes per game, per minute. He's making 1,800 bucks. Is that good? One minute, $1,800. Here you go. <laughs> nice. But for Brandon, hey, even if you don't play, 6,000 Gs, dude. 
Six G's, rather. Here's six G's. Congratulations. Not a bad career. You want some playing time, of course, but congrats to Brandon for making a roster. Hopefully you get some time. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, the host of True Blue and BYU TV play-by-play voice, Dave McCann, joins us. He'll give us his life factor through eight games. Will it be a kicker? That's the big question. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. Rise and shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Taysom Hill, award winner, two-time FBS Independent Player of the Week this season, and more importantly, one of the most dynamic BYU quarterbacks that we have ever seen. And yes, he's only a sophomore, has only made 10 starts. Welcome back, my friends. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. Tonight on BYU TV, the 20th ranked women's soccer team plays San Diego, discovered by the Germans, in a crucial West Coast Conference match. (laughs) At the same time on BYU Radio, the women's basketball team plays an exhibition game against Colorado Mesa. Both start at 9 p.m. Eastern time. San Diego. Yes. Uh, We got a great tweet from at Coog0709. He said, listening to the show online today from, quote, the scene of the crime, Charlottesville, (laughs) Virginia. And he sends a picture of the stadium. Oh, how that hurts. That one just stings. Uh, Our question today is, who has been the biggest Y factor through eight games for BYU football? I'm going to go to at Weed Chase, and he says, has to be Robertson Daniel. We're dead without that guy. Close seconds, Ethan Monomaluna and Wani Unga. At JM, uh, JMG Coogman, he said, Sorry, but the correct answer is not listed as an option on BYUTVSports.com, thus Twitter. He says, Rob Daniel. Rob Daniel. So the second shout-out for the defensive back, the junior college transfer, at underscore quick, Manu Maleuna, he gets no praise, but without pressure there, linebackers wouldn't make as many plays. Hashtag BYU. At uh, KLMS Nebi says, Daniel Sorensen is the QB for the D. Makes huge difference in field position on special teams. Daily listener from Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, what a perfect transition for our first in-studio guest today. The one and only Dave McCann, play-by-play specialist and the face of BYU TV Sports. Dave, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. There are tons of Cougar fans in Las Vegas, and it's one of the great places on the earth. And uh, So I'm not surprised that uh, Vegas people are chiming in this morning. They're into the Cougs down there. And the games are on the air down there and the radio. They've been on TV and... And uh, it's a home away from home, as we've seen when they go down and play. You wrote a column in the Las Vegas Review-Journal about BYU for a while. And yep, you had years. a radio show. Yeah, two years. In <laughs> Vegas, about BYU. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the most unique. Uh, it, there's no city uh, like it when it comes to BYU loyalty outside of the state of Utah. And, and we were like, hey, we should cash in on this thing. And I just talked to the general manager who airs uh, the ball games on the radio in Las Vegas. And he says, hey, we just love it. Love the schedule, love the Cougars, and and it's great for people who live there because it feels like they live here. And BYU will play UNLV in the next couple of seasons, uh, a home and road with uh, UNLV, so BYU will return to Vegas. And the Reno game at the end of the year ties them into Nevada, too, so it's just a natural spot to have the Cougs. How long did you work at Channel 8 down there in Las Vegas? Almost 20 years. So Dave McCann, 20-year veteran of the Las Vegas market, now working at KSL. How has that transition been coming from your beloved Las Vegas now to Salt Lake City and, and closer to BYU TV sports? Well, it's great. Uh, all my family is still up here, you know, and I'm one of 10 kids, and, and there's a bazillion grandkids and all that <laughs> stuff. And so now everyone gets to participate. And I uh, eliminated about 70 round trips a year for me from flying up here to to work with BYU TV, so it's just been a, an ideal situation for me. Dave McCann is a guy that is proud to wear the BYU colors. In fact, I remember an instance a couple of weeks ago when you showed up at work. We got a picture, got tweeted out of KSL. You had a yellow shirt on, and it was such a big deal that it was not BYU paraphernalia that people had to know Dave McCann wears other colors than blue. Hey, I wore a Utah State shirt uh, the day that uh, they played the Utes. I have two daughters at Utah State, and it's the only day I wear their shirts is when they're playing Utah. If you'd have thought, people came running. It was like the paparazzi on our staff to take pictures that I was in a Utah State shirt. I go, hey, I'm in a Utah State shirt once a year. Today's that day. Dave, you're headed to Madison, Wisconsin to uh, cover BYU here in eight days. 
as you've seen BYU's team progress, what has been the most standout point uh, in their turnaround and, and the reason that they're now 6-2 and two after that debacle in Virginia, which you yourself witnessed? Yeah, you know, the Virginia thing, they're not a great football team, but when you consider all the things we started out with that was brand new and the conditions were awful for a team starting out with a bunch of brand new things, uh, and I remember we had Taysom on True Blue a couple days later, and he was saying he couldn't even cut. He's running in water to his ankles, and, and, and now we can see what Taysom does when he can cut. You know, we saw it against Texas just, just a week later. Um, his game just opens up when he feels like he can run away from the defense. And that that's just an unfortunate, uh, even as bad as it all was, a, a, a ball that bounced off Jamal's fingers. And, oh. and that, But you know what? That experience and losing to the Utes, as lousy as that is, helped turn this team into what it is. And um, they're 6-2. and two. They're playing very well. I think they go back to beat Wisconsin. They go back to beat Notre Dame, not just to go back to compete. And... Um, I, you know, sometimes you need to go through those things to, unfortunately, it'll it'll keep you out of the BCS when you have bad losses like that. But when you have a brand new quarterback and a brand new system, sometimes you need to have heartbreaking defeats to turn you around and, and just look at uh, win at Houston, Georgia Tech, Texas, at Utah State, and uh, Boise State. Those are good wins for any team, let alone all, uh, all con- in a row. Let's ask you our uh, poll question today, which is who's been the the why factor so far this year? This is something that you weigh in on the pregame show and have yet to win. Spencer has two, (laughs) but uh, your time is coming. Well, you know, there's a lot of rookies, and sometimes they have rookie years, big years. You know, and the veterans will just sit back and go, okay, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, this is a season, but there are 10 seasons in a decade, and then it just expands from there. Um well, yeah, as you know, the I, the kickers uh, I take a little heat for on the show, but uh, we were so bad at kicking last year that it changed the game plans. Are you really going here? No, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take a turn here. In a moment. <laughs> it changed the game plans. Think about it. How many times we went for it on fourth and whatever inside our thirty yard line, whereas this year we'll attempt to kick and. Uh, Justin Sorensen, to his credit, has made eight more field goals at this point than he made all of last year. And now when BYU gets inside the 40, it's an opportunity where they're going to, hey, we're going to get points as opposed to last year it was, well, okay, well, we're going to just keep going until we get down inside the 20. And so I think that's had a big impact in the overall confidence of the offense. It's not just, hey, okay, we got four downs until we're either going to score a touchdown or we're not. Um, so I I, uh, I tip my hat to uh, Sorensen, whose back's healthy, and and that that's changed the game. And and we'll see if we get in some close games, uh, uh, how big of a deal that is uh, on the road here. But uh, I think uh, Robertson Daniel is the guy that's um, probably the biggest surprise because all those other guys you mentioned, we expected all those things. We expected Unga to replace Ogletree. I mean, Kyle Van Noy told us in the summer, Unga's the leader of the defense. Yeah. We're like, what? And then we expect Daniel Sorensen to be the quarterback in the secondary. Um, and we expect Fu and those guys to make those plays. But we didn't expect Roberts and Daniel to play cornerback at all. And, uh, you know, he hasn't had to be brilliant. There hasn't been a lot go his way, but he's made plays. And so I, I think he's the biggest surprise back there. Not he's, only- he's the Y factor to you. So yeah, far, yeah, absolutely. He was the—I mean, he was slated as the backup boundary corner potentially, and then all of a sudden he's starting at the field corner position. What's interesting is next year, for the first time in a long time, the secondary could actually be the strength of the defense. Yes, with the losses of uh, Hadley, Jorgensen, Van Noy, Beck, Van Noy. I mean, of those guys will be good because they just reload. But but look at the experience coming back off the injury and the recruits and. And Craig Bills is playing great. Uh, I think he'll be able to replace Daniel Sorensen as the quarterback back there. And all, you know, when's the last time a BYU fan's not had to hold their collective breath when the quarterbacks had time to throw? Because <laughs> downfield somebody's open. I'm, well, that's gonna. I think that'll change next year. Ninety six was that the last time BYU had a really really good secondary? Oh one, you had Brian Gray and Gennaro Guilford, where okay. you felt pretty good about those guys. But probably since then. Well, even Blaine uh, Fowler, we were talking about the other day, and he thought that they would be as strong at corners they'd been since uh, since the Cotton Bowl year. Yeah, Tim McTire and Omar, Omar Morgan. Morgan. Yeah. Those guys were legit. Had a great linebacking crew that year too. Shame Yerbrook. And uh, let's see, who was, who was number 10? Brad. Brad Martin. Brad Martin. That's right. BYU's defense really good that year. But, yeah, how about that? Uh, the secondary 
just might be the strength next year as we move into the next season. Uh, I was talking with Dave McCann, play-by-play voice of BYU TV Sports, also an accomplished anchor now working at KSL. Uh, Dave, your schedule's kind of all over the place. When can when can our fans of the BYU Sports Nation check you out outside of BYU TV Sports if they are around to watch the KSL uh, programming? Um, 6 and 10 at night, uh, Monday through Friday, and then... Uh, for those around the country, you can get that at KSL.com, too. Uh, and then Sunday morning, I do a show, Deseret News Sunday edition at 9 o'clock before music and the spoken word. Oh, nice. It's all about placement. And, uh, <laughs> nice. So uh, we just do enough to stay busy, but uh, so much of our focus is what, what, what we got got going on with BYU TV with now the seasons converging with basketball and football, and, and the pregame show has really become a really good show. And um, thanks, Dave. And uh, good job, Jeremy. I think <laughs> I think Cougar fans outside of the state of Utah, which is what we do the show for, a lot of folks in Utah. You know, this isn't BYU TV isn't yours. You get the opportunity to be around it, but BYU TV serves the world. And um, so our our the pictures we bring from the stadium for pregame are unprecedented for any college team in America. And so you can sit in Germany and see a. Nice sunny afternoon and, or snowy afternoon, maybe on the 16th with Idaho State. But uh, it's unlike anything that anybody's ever experienced. So the sky's the limit. and It's a great time of year. When we look ahead to Wisconsin, which you'll be there with Blaine for Countdown to Kickoff, uh, biggest game on the schedule for BYU. And in the third year of independence, BYU now has an opportunity to prove itself in November. You know, Bronco, and you'll talk to him coming up in a minute, but he was on True Blue this last week, and he said, yeah, I like the matchup. And if you line up the players and you line up the coaching staff, that's a pretty good battle. Um, Wisconsin's not fifth in the country because they're dominating everybody, and neither are we. But we're both about 24 and 27, and the stats are similar. And and uh, I think BYU's offense, though false live is a huge loss, but BYU's offense is, is going to be a headache for any team in the Big Ten, which is highly overrated and terribly underperforming this season. I just think that if that's a game they're ripe to go back. I've been in that stadium when UNLV went back and beat Wisconsin. You get ahead early, and that raucous crowd sits quietly. And then all of a sudden, it's not you know 85,000 people on top of you. And you do it with defense, as the Rebels did that year, beat them 23-5. to uh, BYU has a defense to go in there and quiet them down. And, but that offense... Is is scoring points and they're fast and and uh, I you know that's a big headache for Wisconsin playing Iowa this weekend and then back to the Big Ten the week after to all of a sudden have to shift gears for a team that's coming in that's that's firing. BYU and Wisconsin, November 9th. That game will air on ESPN or ABC, to be determined still. I know Jerem's hoping for the ESPN national audience because ABC is regional. Is that correct? Is that yeah, how so, that works? Sometimes they can mirror things where if you don't get ABC regional, you get it on ESPN or ESPN2 kind we'll of We'll see. This weekend, Michigan's on that same kind of a thing. So if Michigan's not on in the city that you're in, flip it over to ESPN, and, and if you see the game there then that's kind of the format that they'll use. So that will be a good sign. If you're not getting it on ABC in Virginia, but you're getting it on ESPN, then you just know you're going to get that game because uh, there's just the, just a couple of them in that time window. Big opportunity. BYU trying to get ranked. They are just outside the BCS Top 25, I believe, number 27 this week in percentages. So the Cougars, with a win over Wisconsin, all of a sudden jump into the national rankings. And a lot of people have been talking uh, about – the BCS. And we had uh, a couple of national sports writers that we were uh, referencing. We had one of them on this week, Ralph Russo from New York, who said, look, I know that people think that BYU with two losses are entirely out of the BCS discussion, but he said it's not impossible for them if they run the table and some other things happen for them to sneak into the Fiesta Bowl. What do you think about that, Dave? Well, they've got to win all their games, and that'll be tough. Uh, and then uh, Northern Illinois is going to need to lose probably, and that'll be tough because they're cruising along. Fresno almost got beat last week at San Diego, so they're they dropped they're by on the winning. fringe. Yeah, but uh, they're a decent team. So some things would have to happen, but it's too bad the BCS is going away because uh, next year would be our year, I believe. I I think the, if the Cougs can finish strong here and and be legitimate top twenty and start the next season ranked that schedule next year is set up to to be really really good with a with a lot of wins now i say a lot of a lot of wins maybe an undefeated year because there aren't you know i mean you got to go to texas and there's a couple things but it's not every week uh there's only three tough games to me 
Central Florida on the road as well. Right. Well, all three are on the road. At Texas, Central Florida, Boise State. Those are, those are tough. Yeah, and, and winnable. And winnable. I mean, that's next, next year's set up for the kind of year that you'd want to be 12-0. and But um, that's too bad. I, they're not going to get in the BCS this year. But uh, we could still have a lot of fun between now and San Francisco at the end of December. Absolutely. BYU, with that schedule next year, say they finish in the top 10, they miss the playoff, there's no BCS. But, hey, they can still play in a notable bowl game, uh, like the Fiesta Bowl, which loses its tie with uh, those, those major bowl games next year. And so. it'll be harder to get in the Final Four than people can imagine, <laughs> the BYU, way they have it set up. BYU would have to go undefeated two years in a row. That's kind of the only way that that's going to happen. And destroying some national powers along the way. And uh, maybe in 15 when we get Nebraska and Michigan and all that stuff and Taysom's, Taysom's a senior. Taysom's a senior. Who knows? Look at us talking 2015. That's how we do it. Breaking it down. You know, and Bronco, Bronco Mendenhall said, we've got to go undefeated two years in a row before I think we have a legitimate shot at competing, given their current status and independence right now. Dave McCann, play-by-play voice of BYU TV Sports and anchor at KSL News Channel 5. We thank you for the time, Dave. Thank you. I'm sure Blaine's listening in New York. Hello, Blaine. Seeing you get back on Monday. <laughs> Shout out to Blaine Fowler. Up next, BYU football head coach Bronco Mendenhall making his BYU Sports Nation debut. How does the man in charge define success in the final four games of this season? We'll ask him coming up. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Go Cougs! Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Hey, did you know you can watch the BYU-Boise State game in about 35 minutes? Yeah! Watch quick games on BYUtv.org. There you can find four snap-to-tackle versions of BYU home football wins. They are called quick games and available right now on BYUtv.org. Also, the BYURadio.org relaunch, BYU Sports Nation audio on demand. And right now, we welcome in, for his show debut, the head football coach of BYU football, Bronco Mendenhall. Bronco, welcome to the show. We're going to start with the hard-hitting question first. How was your Halloween, and how much candy did you eat? Well, it was, uh, we had a little strep throat run through my house. Uh-oh. And we had one, one trick-or-treater out. And and so his production had to equal that of his uh, brothers, like they all went. And so we were a little under, we underperformed as, as a Mendenhall family, I think. So was was the one that the one son that went was his execution level where it needed to be? Did he go fast I, and go I, hard? Yeah, he got basically probably a full night and a half night together. Wow. One person doing it, so I was I was impressed with him, but it wasn't the same as having two other full nights from his brothers. So we, we came up a little bit short. Do you feel it your parental obligation to go through that candy and pick out your favorite snacks, Bronco? There's no question. <laughs> In order for him to get back into the house, he has to pay homage to me, and I get first selection <laughs> just from uh, taxing, taxes or offerings. You can look at it either way. It's a bye week. Uh, how much non-football stuff or days, if any, do you get to uh, kind of relax here at the two-thirds point of the season? Well, I'm going to get a haircut today. Nice. Be great. And that's about what, what it will come down to. Bye week means a haircut. <laughs> I didn't realize that it was associated like that. Uh, Bronco, your team uh, it was a little banged up after the Boise State game. There have, have been some concussions, uh, namely Daniel Sorensen. You saw him go down. Where is the health of your team now? Uh, and do you feel like the bye week uh, really could have come at a better time than now? Man, this one this one came at a great time. We were kind of holding together by a thread, and it's been a, a really really good week. We've had a little extra time for for regeneration and recovery. We've got an early start on our opponent. We practiced this morning um, at six thirty, so we've already got our, our last practice in before next week. And the players now have a couple more days just to to recover. But I I think it came at a great time. I think we used it appropriately and especially going against a big and physical and tough team. That will be a, a really a, a hard-hitting game. It's nice to have a few extra days to get ready. Yesterday it was announced uh, injuries to J.D. Falslev, broken hand, and then Austin Jorgensen, season-ending knee injury. Who do you yeah. plan on filling uh, their spots? Well, um, at the linebacker spots, we've had basically a, a four-player rotation happening. So we have Juan Iunga, as everyone, everybody knows, Tyler Beck and Manoa Pakula, and then Austin Jorgensen, and 
everyone but Wani has, has had some limited action this season from injuries, et cetera. And, and Austin was doing a, a, just a fantastic job. So really it will now be three players for those two spots, Wani, Tyler, and Manoa. And then we'll elevate Teyu Kautai, a younger linebacker. He'll be the fourth, um, but we'll p- play predominantly on special teams. So you keep and, Spencer Hadley uh, in with Alani Fua there, those two guys? Yeah, but we'll keep uh, Spencer and Alani and Kyle as the primary three uh, outside backers now, and we'll have those other three as primary inside backers. And that's to sustain and have enough depth at both spots for the rest of the year. I think that's what we need to do. Manoa knows both spots, inside and outside backer, and Spencer does. So if we got in a real jam, we could we could flip one or the other. But that's uh, our, our plan is the other way, at least for the next four games. Certainly nice to have that linebacker depth right there. Uh, also, J.D. falls about three to four weeks with a broken hand. J.D., in every sense of the word, is a return specialist. He makes the first guy miss. He's shifty. He gets around tackles. Now that he's gone, which sure-handed guy are you going to go to in the punt return game? Well, there's two candidates, and, and both both guys are, are similar in terms of really being able to be trusted. Skyler Ridley and Cody Hoffman um, will be uh, J.D.'s replacements at punt return. I'm not sure which one we'll, we'll use yet. We might end up using both, but those are the next two in line. What are the challenges like uh, when you find out about these things? Uh, how do you how do you manage that and, and maintain a level of composure? Because you know, as a football coach, those things are going to happen. But certainly, it's it's got to be taxing on your mind. How do you handle that? Yeah, it, it just you never quite know when they're going to come and from what angle, and it's a constant state of just being ready for anything. And and so it, it can happen from a social choice. It could happen from an academic eligibility standpoint. It could happen from, um, you know, family matters or, or injury. And so when you have 123 players and, and the exposure that our program has and just the unique dynamic, it's just part of what it is. And so uh, we really try as a program not to make that big a deal about it for the program, but make a huge thing about it for the individual to give them the right care and so there's a delicate balance you need to strike. Bronco Mendenhall joins BYU Sports Nation. This is year three of independence, and uh, it certainly yielded a different kind of November. Uh, what do you think of the opportunity to prove yourself with meaningful games late in the season? Oh, I, I love it. Um, it it's, we've, it's taken two years to get to this point, and I think this is a lot closer um, to what the future will look like than what it has on um, the first two years and with a chance to, to be at Wisconsin and then Notre Dame and then even Nevada um, of our remaining three, uh, I, I really like that. Eventually we'll have more of those games at home, but we've had a strong home schedule uh, with Boise and Texas and Georgia Tech um, already. So um, the balance of our schedule in terms of quality opponents from beginning to end has been really, really strong this year, and the teams that we're playing by their records, have proven to be very, very good. Bronco Mendenhall joining BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. And Coach, we've been talking about uh, under-the-radar players today on our show, and we call it the Y Factor. And uh, on Twitter, we've had the name Rob Daniel come up more than a few times about a guy that has been surprisingly good. Moving forward, it looks like your secondary is going to be very strong. Can you talk about what you see there in the secondary? Man, we're we're really excited. Rob is is arguably um, man, the MVP of this year's team from the standpoint of we have so little depth at his position that if he were to go down, the impact that I would have on the team might be greater than any other spot, excluding Taysom. And so Rob just says he's covered very well, he's tackling well, and he's very durable. And so uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed that um, he, he can finish the season healthy and then uh, for the following season, we get Jordan Johnson back. Uh, Trenton Trammell um, will make his debut. Uh, Sam Lee, another junior college corner. And so all of a sudden, our, our secondary starts to look pretty fast and athletic. Wisconsin up next for you, Coach. And they have a fantastic receiver in James Aberderis, a number of dynamic players on that roster. How do you shape up against Wisconsin, and, and how do you like the matchup against the Badgers in Madison? I love the matchup, um, and I love the chance to to take uh, on another quality team. And 
and prove kind of where we stand and what we're capable of. Um, Wisconsin is a, is a unique challenge. They rush the football for almost 300 yards a game, um, 6.9 yards a carry. They have a very strong defense statistically. Under the same coordinator, there was Utah State. They run a similar style as we do, actually, defensively. And so their hope is, um, offensively, is to, to force you to defend the run with 10 or 11 players, um, leave the receiver out there one-on-one, and then use max protection and throw double moves and really hard routes to cover for big gains. Um, and then defensively, they're very physical. They're hard to score on. And they, they like a slower game. They like a physical game. Um, and a completely different tempo than what we play. So it'll be a, a unique style and a unique matchup. Bronco Mendenhall joins BYU Sports Nation. Coach, uh, could Bronson Kafusi possibly play on the basketball team, or is that over? <laughs> it, it'll be up to Bronson. Um, you know, I my job is to advise and, and to educate. Uh, I think Bronson has aspir- aspiris- uh, aspirations to be an NFL player. Off-seasons are really important when it comes to that. Um, basketball helps a ton with mobility and conditioning and, and coordination in general and even being competitive. Uh, but there comes a point, too, where you have to have enough size and strength to, to be able to handle uh, what the offensive lineman will look like at Wisconsin-Notre Dame and, and the NFL. So it'll be up to he and his dad, um, and I'll, I'll just advise. Bronco Mendenhall making his BYU Sports Nation debut. Coach, we really appreciate the time and, and hope you get time to relax during this bye week. You have a good haircut, eat a lot of Halloween candy, perhaps uh, get a motorcycle ride through the leaves before it snows on Monday. What do you think? I like it in that order. Haircut, Halloween candy, motorcycle ride. And that'll pretty much take us through the, through the weekend. Very nice. Bronco, thanks for the time and uh, good luck against Wisconsin. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Oh, man. Bronco Mendenhall, uh, great to, to talk with him at all times, and uh, a guy that doesn't get enough credit for his great sense of humor, dry sense of humor, and, and a guy that really loves spending time with his family. He'll get to do that during the bye week. I was surprised and wondered and had to ask about Bronson Kafusi. It's yeah. up to, uh, assuming that Dave Rose wants him, that's the thing there, that maybe he could play on the team this year. We'll see. I don't think he will. I think BYU's got enough guys, but maybe you need him on the bench. You only have t- 10 scholarship guys. Very quickly before we go to break, let's hit a couple of tweets. Who is the BYU Y factor up to this point uh, after eight games in the season? And again, we go to oh, that. You already read that one, didn't you, Jerem? How about at Laser Sheep Wani Unga? That guy is a solid player. So glad he made the choice to transfer to the right school. Ungafied is the hashtag right there. He transferred from Oregon State. For those who don't know. So, Wani Unga, a, a vote for him. Right now, it's time to whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Tomorrow night, the men's basketball team playing its final exhibition game against Alaska Anchorage. Watch, listen, and enjoy it live on BYU TV or BYU Radio tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Women's basketball. The women's team will play two exhibition games in the span in a span of 22 hours, starting tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio against Colorado Mesa. Tomorrow's game is against Westminster at 5 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. Women's volleyball. 21st ranked BYU beat Loyola Marymount in three long, hard-fought sets last night. The Cougars have won 17 of their last 18. Next up, Pepperdine tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, live on BYU TV, BYU Radio. Cross country. Both the men and women's teams are in Malibu, that's tough, tomorrow to compete at the West Coast Conference Championships. Soccer. Tonight, watch the 20th-ranked Cougars play San Diego live on BYU TV, 9 p.m. Eastern. The Cougars have a four-game win streak coming off a huge win against Portland, who was then ranked six, the Pilots now number 11. So BYU getting some work done in the West Coast Conference. They need another big win to keep back-to-back conference title hopes alive. Joining us now on BYU Sports Nation is Paige Hunt, one of the sophomore defenders. Paige, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Are you ready for uh, some chilly weather tonight as you host San Diego? I am. It will be pretty cold, but I am very excited, and it should be a good game. How important was that? I, should, I, I shouldn't ask you to quantify it that way. How good did the team feel, and, and how big was it for you to beat Portland and keep those West Coast Conference title hopes alive? 
Oh my goodness, it was so amazing. Portland is a very good team and they had only lost once, so we went into the game with nothing to lose and came out with a big win. It was really fun. Paige, there was a time where uh, you guys didn't score. You scored in one game out of a, in a five-game stretch, but you found the back of the net uh, the last little while. What's changed offensively for the team? I think that we've just been working harder as a team and staying connected and pressing their defense at the right time and never giving up. I think we did have a dry spell for a little bit, but have pulled through, and I think we're on our way to the NCAA tournament with confidence in the offensive end. Paige, I know that you are making the decision to serve a mission after this season for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. What's the backstory behind that decision to uh, call a timeout on soccer and go out and serve a, a mission? Um, I Well, the age change that President Thomas Monson announced last October was a huge deal and shocked everyone. And I kind of went through my own process of deciding if I should go and Figured that I'm going to a wonderful university that will support me in my decision and realize that I could come back and play two more years. So I decided to go. Well, we wish you the best of luck tonight, and uh, I wish you the best of luck as you pursue that mission. Watch Paige Hunt and the Cougars tonight on BYU TV Live, 9 p.m. Eastern. They host the Toreros of San Diego as they push for back-to-back West Coast Conference titles. Thanks, Paige. We now go to our favorite sounds and moments of the week. We've put it together. Take it away. Everybody in the league watches Monday Night Football. Every player, every coach, they're all watching it. It's that way in college football because every team is in the team hotel. So this was a showcase not just for all the fans around the country on Friday night, but for BYU's peers as players and as coaches. And, boy, did they light it up. I think that the development of the offense is the big thing, and it's it's multifaceted. It's Robert and I better. The offensive line is better, and Taysom Hill is way better. i got to get props to those receivers. I mean, they are catching anything in their side, and our little line's getting better. You know, Taysom is doing a much better job. Six games is not a big deal. We're looking to win out the whole season. We can literally take these games one at a time, knowing that we are locked into a bowl game against a good team, and I think it bodes well for the future of our program. We should end up with a pretty good matchup just because the Pac-12 is really right behind the SEC this year as far as quality. Enough of USC, Utah. We can demolish demolish those guys. I want to work it. Bring on the Ducks, right? Lee Johnson, one of our fantastic guests this week. And uh, next week, how about this line of Wisconsin head coach Gary Anderson, who has a good relationship with Bronco Mendenhall. BYU junior guard Tyler Hawes, ESPN college football analyst Trevor Maddich, and BYU TV football expert Blaine Fowler. Today's rising shout goes to Alexa Gray. Tied a season high, 22 kills last night in... 21st ranked uh, BYU women's volleyball's victory in three against LMU. Congratulations. 22 kills. In three sets. That's dynamite. 22 is really good uh, in a five-set match. The winner of the poll results, who's been the biggest Y factor this year? Alani Fua wins at 30%. 30%. What are the percentage? I just want to know the percentage breakdown right now. That's close. 29 for Waniunga, 26 for Daniel Sorensen. Mitch Matthews, 3%. That's okay. Mitch has been big for the wide receiving core. He's tall. Four touchdown catches, yes, and he is tall. Hey, as we roll out. This is how we do Yeah. Aaron Evans reading my mind. It is Friday. Big thanks to our guests today, Dave McCann, Bronco Mendenhall, everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, BYU radio station manager Don Chaline, production assistant Spencer King, And the man who pushes the buttons, Aaron Evans. (laughs) Check out archived episodes of the show on demand every afternoon now on the newly launched BYURadio.org. Good stuff. Take a look for Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton, and you have just listened to BYU Sports Nation.